I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. Here we go. Episode eight. Yeah. So... It's worth saying a few things just about Luke as we get into this episode. Um, we're not we're not hitting everything. We've talked about that. We're just kind of zeroing in on the things that are loosely connected uh, either to food or to like a person where we can speculate about their breakfast. But there's there's a ton of other material. And I think it's worth saying one of the things I remember learning about the Gospels specifically is that in the world of literature, the Gospels were a brand new genre. In what way? That up until these books were written, there was nothing quite like this. That was like a biography, but also a commentary at the same time. So there were, there were like myths, there were like hero stories, but the gospels were trying to do something different. Like they were trying to tell you the story of a, of a person or a God. There was lots of stuff about gods and, you know, stories, Right. but they were trying to do something where it was like, here's the story and here's what it means at the same time. So it was like okay. a whole new genre. Also, there's like, there's people in it who are flawed, right? And Jesus himself shows weakness. Like that would have been not a part of any other ancient literature. They only wanted to highlight good, positive. Right. Positive so the gods would have had to be sort of perfect. So there's a lot of ways in which the gospels were groundbreaking just in terms of literature. Um, and so it's worth saying that, you know, I love that because they're this combination of story and meaning mm-hmm. and that they, there's story, but then there's also expository, like there's stuff about just teaching that you can kind of read through. Um, so we're going to look at some stories and specifically we're going to look at some stories that are loosely connected to food uh, in this episode. So the first one that we see is a a famous story that Jesus tells, you know, lots of the stories he would tell were to teach, right? He himself is inventing, you know, he's kind of, he's playing with this genre of teaching through story, right? Right. So the parables are also kind of new in themselves. Um, And one of his more famous stories is about uh, farming, which I I think is worth kind of just noting, like how often when you sit and eat your breakfast, do you think about how it got to you? Not often enough. <laughs> I I just recently had some friends who've moved to Springfield and they, they have chickens. And so they give me eggs every once in a while that are like from their chickens whose names I know. And so when you eat your scrambled eggs, you think of your Fairfield friends. Yeah, I think yeah. I think thanks. And now I'm like, I can't, I'm blanking on what their names are. But um, I know I know there are stories about the chickens that have provided my my breakfast. Uh, And so I think it's worth saying like Jesus lives in a world where they live closer to the source of food. Like they have more of an understanding of, of, of the grace of food showing up on the table, I guess. And so his, the parable of the sower is about like, if you're a farmer listening to the parable of a sower, you understand the cost of putting seeds in a place where they can't grow. 
So this is one of Jesus' famous stories about this. The sower goes out and throws seed in all these different places. And in some places there's thorns and in some places it's, it's not good ground to grow on. And then he, the sower throws some seed in like good soil. And so he tells this story. And then of course, everybody wants to know what does the story mean something, Mm -hmm. um, which from where we sit, we probably kind of grow up hearing that. But uh, I always think one of the most impressive things about this story is that the, the farmer is reckless. Right. He's throwing it by the side of the road. Yeah. Throwing it on some rocks. But honestly, in terms of farming, this is not great use of your seeds. Like I, I think most people who do any kind of like planting or like even a backyard garden, you're very intentional about sowing the seeds in the right place with the right light, with the right, um, you know, so they're going to get water and sun and all the things. And here we have a farmer who just throws seed all over the place. And especially when you consider, you know, Jesus later explains that these are words of God. And I remember hearing that and kind of thinking about that in the story and realized like, oh, God also just throws words all over the place. And of course they might end up on like a Netflix show. Mm -hmm. Like, of course the word of God might end up in a place where maybe it doesn't get enough light, but it's still the word of God in that place. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like God might like plant it in a, I don't know who's a, who's a person making music right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ariana Grande. There you go. God (laughs) might put a word in a, in a Ariana Grande song. Um, and sure, maybe it's going to get choked by thistle. Mm -hmm. I don't know, (laughs) but it's still, that's the way God kind of sows seeds. Uh, and it's kind of changed the way I look at what I think of as like the, the, the words from God. Um, and so here again, I just think it's like, I love that Jesus just speaks the language of the people uh, and that he gets into this, this story about God's word through a story that they would have, they probably would have sowed seed like that week. Right. Like it'd be a different parable for us today. Right. But for his audience, it worked. That's right. Another story that comes up. And again, if you're reading along with us, this is in Luke eight, it's packed full of stories uh, is loosely connected to breakfast because there's pigs involved. Uh, there's a man who he's been cast out of the community and we're told that he has like a bunch of like evil spirits living in him. He's under torment. And because of that, he has to live outside of the community and Jesus comes along and heals him. And the way he does this is to send all the spirits into pigs this story has spooked me for a long time. <laughs> it's a very bizarre story. And when he sends the spirits into the pigs, the pigs all jump off a cliff. Um, I, so now I think you understand why we're saying it's a brand new genre. Yes. <laughs> nobody <Horror>. else before <laughs> like come up with, oh, here's a guy who sends spirits into pigs and they jump off a cliff. Um, but it does, it is loosely connected to bacon. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the, the most important thing of this story is, you know, in addition to whatever is happening with the swine, I mean, it is just a bizarre story, right? But the focus is just on a man who had like all these identities. Like, I think our connection to it is that it's actually something we really do experience all the time in a way is like having battling identities in our head that don't really feel like our own voice, um, but that might be, be tormenting us. Like that is something I can relate to. Right. Right. So I read that story. The I can't quite connect to the idea of a of demons being sent into pigs, 
but I can absolutely connect to too many voices in your head. Right. Unwarranted thoughts needing to find an escape somewhere. Yeah. So here's this guy who hears all these voices and he's tormented by them. Uh, can you imagine what he might have for breakfast? Do you think he can get in and get together enough to have breakfast? Yeah, I know. Maybe a, maybe a sporadic breakfast, a handful of things. Like when you open your um, cabinet drawers and you're grabbing whatever you can find because you can't quite commit to yeah. one thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that I'll t I'm just overwhelmed by choices. Like I can remember in the college cafeteria, there being like 10 cereals. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was almost too glorious to decide what to have. Right. Um, and yeah, I think that is the part that we can we can connect to here. And what I love about it is that the the part that people are kind of astounded by is not like the other people in the crowd who saw this come true. Um, they weren't astounded by the whole pig thing. <laughs> they were astounded that the man who had been so wild was now in his right mind after he met Jesus. Oh, I see. So seeing the person get tame. Yeah. Because he had such a reputation for being so damaged that, and now that he was in his right mind, that's what got people's attention. <laughs> they said that human being is there. Yeah. And I, I think that's certainly a connection point for us, right? Is um, not being like, yeah, not being attentive enough to each other. And, and that being kind of a, like, we're not able to see a human being sometimes. So, um, do you have any, we're going to move into a story that doesn't happen again, because the genres are kind of a mix, right? Of stories that Jesus lives and stories that Jesus tells. And so these are, we go from the parable of the sower, which is just a story he tells, but the people live uh, to a story that he lives through that people then go tell. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're going to get to one more story that he tells. But before we get to, this is one of my favorite stories, which is in Luke 10 and it's the good Samaritan. Uh, do you have any favorite stories uh, that Jesus tells? Yeah, the Good Samaritan is is a lovely picture of what it means to be a good a good person, and then a story that I also love is the um, story of the shepherd who has the hundred sheep and one wanders off, yeah. and the shepherd leaves the ninety nine to go find the one, and a, a God who would do that and see us all as individuals is, is special to me. Yeah, I love that picture too. And I think it's one of those where you, there's times where I'm a part of the 99. Right. You know, there's times where I resent how the much one. God must love everybody. Uh, or when I can't see that as clearly. And then there's times where I, I feel like the guy outside of the community, you know, like I feel like the, the man who's tormented by the, the devils. Um, so the Good Samaritan is actually, it's a story inside a story, which a lot of the gospel stories are. And a lawyer comes to Jesus asking him how to live forever, how to get eternal life. And uh, there's some back and forth there before Jesus tells the story. Um, Jesus kind of lawyers the lawyer and he asks him, you know, what do you think is the most important commandment? And the, the lawyer comes back with a very good answer. The, the love Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And uh, then he talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. It's also a super important commandment. And, but I think the lawyer does what a lot of us would do would, would be to like, ask what are the limits of that? <laughs> like exactly who, like how many houses down? And what if they did X and <laughs> yeah. what if my neighbor is the crazy guy who's tormented and then has this wild story about pigs flying off a cliff, right? What right. if that's my neighbor? Or what if my neighbor is a reckless farmer who keeps throwing seed in my driveway, mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, here's the story inside of a story. Jesus answers this question with a story about a good Samaritan. Remember, I think 
what I love about the story is that Samaritans, to everybody who's hearing the story, they would have been called bad. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus tells this story about a good Samaritan being the hero. And so that for the rest of eternity, Samaritans are now associated with goodness. Right. That this story is so inventive and imaginative that it changes how the whole world sees a people group for right. all of time. Like if you Google Samaritan, it talks about where ge geographically where that makes sense. And then it says also yeah. a person who is good. <laughs> yeah. There's hospitals named for this story. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's transformed. And I just love that Jesus, what he does is instead of like saying, um, the person who lives very far away from you is also your enemy. Like what he does is to just kind of radically like pinpoint this guy's deal, which is that he probably only wants to love certain kinds of people. And instead of just saying you should love Samaritans, Jesus says, let me just tell you a story about Samaritans being really good. Uh, and I think when we talk about like representation in media, that's like a, it's kind of trying to do the same thing Jesus is doing here, right? Which is to say, let's say you've never had a Muslim friend. You don't have an imagination for them as faithful, good, peaceful people. Um, or you never had a Buddhist friend or you've never had a, a Christian friend, right? Like mm -hmm. you, if you've never had a friend who was a different culture, a different race from you, your imagination for who they are might be limited. And so what I love is that Jesus taps into that human issue and just changes their imagination about a whole people group. Um, and I think this story reminds me just how important stories are, right? That's a big piece of our podcast is that stories can kind of change the whole way we see the whole world. Uh, so I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to think, is there any other story outside of Jesus stories that have just made, it just made you see the world in a different way. Like once you read this book or once you saw this movie, you just couldn't see the world the same way. Right. And something about story is I feel like that's what all effective stories are doing is trying yeah. to make these um, people groups or individuals more well-rounded. And stories are so sneaky. Mm -hmm. Like you think, you think you're the lawyer, you're just asking a question. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I didn't want to reimagine how I see a whole population. Right. And I think, you know, you sit down to watch a movie and you think, oh, I just want to be entertained for an hour and 40 minutes. And all of a sudden you have to learn mm -hmm. <laughs> like a whole new thing about how the world works. Right. Uh, I think the one I think of, uh, there's, I mean, there's so many. Right. It's almost, it's like being at the, the cereal bar and being overwhelmed by choices. But uh, the first one I thought of is a movie called The Visitor. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of that? I haven't. It's, um, it's a movie about like the, this young couple, there's like a mix up. It's pre Airbnb, I think, but there's like a mix up. This guy who's like a professor, he's away for a while. And so this, somebody rents out his apartment to this young couple and he comes back early and finds this couple in his apartment. And he has to like, it's like a collision with a stranger, right? It's like, he's the lawyer moving in with the Samaritans. And the couple is this, um, I can't remember where they're immigrating from, but they're trying to make it in America. And he just kind of lets them stay in the apartment until they can work it out. And he becomes really good friends with them. And it spends some portion of the film, just like this, like unlikely friendship story. Mm -hmm. And then the guy in the couple ends up uh, getting in trouble with immigration and being taken to a detention center. And the back half of the movie is just about how complicated that world is mm -hmm. and how uh, almost impossible it is for his friends and family to reach him, to help him, to get lawyers into him. And I remember just like turning off the movie and like that was so unknown to me. You know, I just didn't understand that that story in the world. 
And this movie is what kind of made it real to me. Right. You know? Absolutely. Uh, and I think it's, I can't really hear immigration stories without imagining this lovely young couple from the movie, The Visitor. Right. Uh, and so it Powerful taught me. story. Yeah. It taught me a lot. So I don't know. Do you have anything like that? Like, I know we love Harry Potter. Like, I feel yes. like there's things I know about the world from from re- from that. Absolutely. <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah. Outlines there's things about bravery, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, friendship. Yeah. And friendship that I, I I understand internally because of the stories I've taken in. Do you right. have any, any that come to mind? A recent one that comes to mind. Have you seen the show Made yet? It's, it's like, oh, yeah. I started it. And I think it was it's so on intense. Netflix. Yes, it is very intense. It follows this woman who's in her early 20s and she is in a uh, situation of domestic violence. And she has a daughter who is, a, I, I think she's maybe three years old. And it just outlines her journey and trying to find um, independence and growth. And it, it does a really beautiful job of outlining the um, courage that it takes, but also the um, sort of the blocks that can be in your way. And it affected me to the point that afterwards I was looking up, like, is there anything that I can do? How can I volunteer? What shelters are nearby? Yeah. So I, it was so stories that have like money and security, like make me feel so stressed out. Right. And I, it just the first episode does such a good job of showing you like, oh, she has to have an address to get a job, but she has to have a job to get an address. And like, for all the catch 22s yeah, the, that are involved. Just, I don't think we know how much work it is to be poor sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't done it for a while, but every once in a while I'd go serve with our friends at Bog uh, Ministries here in Dayton. And I just know people who would like, they have to spend their whole week getting aid, you know? And like, sometimes if you get this kind of aid, you can't get this kind of help and you have to have this kind of paperwork like it is. Oh yeah. And it can, it seems like a full-time job outside of the hustle to maintain a job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they just kind of show up and do these mobile food pantries and they just give the food away to whoever needs it. But, you know, you get to hear more people's stories, like how hard they have to work just to, you know, survive. Um, I I love stories like because I think if it invites you to compassion, like I think that then it's following in this in the footsteps of the Good Samaritan story. And if it makes you feel like, what should what could I do? Right. Because if I'm hearing that Good Samaritan story, especially for the first time, you want to do what the Samaritan does. Oh, yeah. Right. You want to look in the ditches for people who have been abandoned and you want to pay for them to live somewhere. You want you want them to have safety for a while. Um, and I think there's a lot of movies that are are following Jesus's footsteps in that, like they're they're trailing after him and repeating that good plot. Um, so we've we've danced all around like a lot of stories here, um, but. I don't know what the invitation is for us necessarily, except to just like to, uh, to appreciate, I think this is just a story appreciation episode. Yeah. Be open to how stories can transform. Yeah. Because here is the Jesus story, right? Which is delivered as a narrative and has, has changed the whole, the whole dang world. So I think we can appreciate that. I, if you're reading along with this, uh, I always think it's important to like go back and there's a couple things you can do to keep them fresh. One is to read them out loud, like to just read the stories out loud and two to like hear them. Some of these, like, especially the Good Samaritan, it's, it's lived in our imaginations for so long. Like you don't even have to go to church to kind of know the basics of it. But I always think to try to go back and like, what, what would this have been like to hear for the first time? You know, cause a lot of these stories, Jesus is introducing something that was not in the world before. So even in that wild pig story, right, he's inventing something this idea of going from a, a wild, tormented mind to a peaceful mind, 
it's something that we're all riffing on now and trying to get to now, but he was the very first one to sort of present that possibility to people. Um, the idea of a, a reckless farmer and the word of God going out all of like, I think these were, these were brand new ideas and sometimes it's important for them to become new to us mm -hmm. uh, again. So thanks for joining us uh, on the breakfast translation. Mm -hmm.